Ashley, are you ready for some groundbreaking action in Operation Overdrive? I thought you said this was groundbreaking action. Oh no, I said groundbreaking satisfaction. You'd call that groundbreaking satisfaction. Yes. Yes, and you call it groundbreaking satisfaction, despite the fact it was neither groundbreaking nor satisfying. Oh, well, you see, uh, excuse me for a moment. Hey, Ashley, I came back with our freshly steamed hams. Good Lord, Sid, what is happening in there? Uh, the Corona Aurora? The Corona Aurora, at this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the world, localized entirely within the kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. Ronnie's horrible white lady socks, Sid. And I'm possessed by the ghost of a forlorn pirate, Ashley. And this is Rangers Splain, where Sid, lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes Ashley, Power Rangers sophomore, through the world of Power Rangers. And before we accelerate into Overdrive, we have good news and bad news. Uh, let's start with some bad news. Uh, if you have been around our Twitter or my Twitter, or just personally, um, Earlier, uh, in September, Coda, our mascot, he has passed away. It was after a short battle, uh, with kidney disease? Yeah, he, earlier this year, he was diagnosed with chronic kidney, uh, disease, which, it's, it's pretty much a ticking time bomb, you maintain it, he was, uh, at, at the second part of it, where you just kind of feed food and check blood levels every now and then, and, um... It's basically like it was just ticking time bomb of whenever his kidneys would just fail, and it just happened to be about six months after he was diagnosed. So. Yeah. So we we miss Coda very dearly. Um, you know, he's always going to be a part of this podcast. Um, just both with how we, you know, initially planned it with uh him being on the cover with us, and you know some of those early episodes where you could hear him jingling in the background. Yeah. Um and all of our of course all of our bits with Coda quote quote being in the uh in the intros. Yes. Um, <laughs> um yeah, it's you know Coda like I obviously didn't have Coda as long as Sid did, but Coda was very much part of my life as well and I know that I'm going to miss him dearly. I miss him a lot. Like it's I know. been a time of the quarry, it's been about second week since uh he's passed away. Just like still getting used to him. Yeah, not being he's been in my life for almost six years. But, you know, we know that Coda you know, Sid gave Coda the best life possible and you know, we were glad to share him with others in any way we could. 
Um, if you guys, you know, we, we posted this on our Twitter when he passed away, but if you guys are fans of us and, you know, you want to help commemorate Coda's memory, uh, we just encourage you to go donate to the Ohio Alley Cat Rescue, uh, which is where Sid adopted Coda when, you know, they adopted them six years ago. So what Orr does is essentially, um, they are a, uh, non-kill re- uh, shelter on top of they do a lot of T- TNR, trap, neuter, and return for a lot of the ferals in the area. Uh, anything cat-related, they'll they'll get get down and dirty with helping out cats. They have a spay and neuter clinic. Uh, often their shelter is for a lot of overflow in the area. They help to take in cats. And they'll even take in other cats that a shelter would just automatically kill, like FIV positive and any any cat with feline leukemia. Uh, in fact, Coda's roommate Bondo was uh, for a while uh, when until Bondo passed was uh, FIV positive. So yeah. you know they do really great work over there. Um, I got two really great cats from them. So go go check them out and donate. Uh, Coda's memory is indeed a blessing. He is missed, but his memory does live on. He'll always be a part of Ranger's playing. He will. After that uh, bit, let's talk about some good news. <laughs> they make rangers gay now. Gay, gay, homosexual, gay. <laughs> yeah, so, like, we're not going to talk about Dino Fury until 2023, early 2023. But we wanted to go ahead and take a segment here to be, talk about the news of the fact that, like, Izzy from Dino Thunder is gay. Dino Fury. <laughs> Dino Fury, whatever. <laughs> one of those dino seasons uh yeah no uh so it was very interesting because when we first watched it and you know izzy tore off her skirt and all that and just how izzy was we're like oh that's definitely a lesbian Mm. but you know i thought it was gonna be like in the same way kelsey's a lesbian like you know it's gonna seem obvious to us but like they're never gonna say it yeah they're they're never gonna say it and there was uh the original uh like Summary that was released about this episode sounded like, oh, she was hiding a boyfriend from her brother. Turns out her brother was just like, oh, how heteronormative of me. You're actually the brother of her girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so I know that the episode's going to be hitting Netflix at some point. I don't know. I can't remember the date right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, George of George's Ranger Reviews has a great review of the episode and all the episodes that are coming out right now. Um and like Europe or something like that. Europe always gets Power Rangers before. <laughs> right. Oh God. So, but yeah, George has a great like review and reaction to that episode. Uh, Javi was definitely on some heteronormative bullshit, but um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, obviously we know about Trini and her kind of in the, in the 2017 movie and the kind of half assed coming out that she had in that. And then we know there's gay rangers in the comics, but, like, it's it's super exciting, the fact that, like, the mainline, like, TV series does actually have a queer ranger who has a girlfriend that comes back in a later episode. And, and they have a kiss. It's a casual kiss, mind you. That's but- also, like, huge, of, like, nobody kisses <laughs> in Power Rangers, even casually. So, like... Even just casually, like, just, just a quick smooch on, you know, the, the quick smooch on each other's cheeks type thing. No, it's like, you don't kiss at all. You you reunited with your husband you thought was dead? You don't get to kiss him. Yeah, it doesn't matter that he had a baby with him. <laughs> uh, So, yeah, big, like, 
revelations with Power Rangers. Like, not only can we have gay characters now, they are allowed to kiss and even just, well, kiss on the cheek, but, like, still, kissing in Power Rangers has been, like, hasn't happened for 30 years, so. And it was so casual, too. I love that. I love just casual showing of affection like that. Yeah, I was like, so I'm curious, I'm like, how much did they have to fight with Nickelodeon, or is it just the fact that this season's, like, half Nickelodeon, half Netflix? Like, yeah. played in, but whatever. I'm happy that it's happening. I'm going to be super excited to cover Dino Fury. Probably going to go actually watch some Dino Fury be- before then, but like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're up front that this is not a blind watch podcast, so like. Yeah. I mean, I, how I got you into this was I, I, it was, you, you just started watching Dino Charge with me. That's true. That's true. And um, the other bit was Lightspeed Rescue, and you're like, these arms are stupid. And it, yeah. I'm like, let's do a podcast. Yeah, and that's how this podcast was born. So yeah, I'm super excited to watch Dino Fury, especially for, for Izzy. And actually, the whole cast seems really fun. So I'm, yeah. I'm really ex- excited to go and watch that. Um, both kind of casually and for the podcast. But it's going to be a couple of years, so hopefully you guys are patient. But hey, uh, uh, the the compromise here is that we're doing RPM at the end of the year. So. Yeah. So I guess now that we've kind of gotten that little bits out of the way, I guess let's talk about Operation Overdrive, which is the reason we are recording this podcast today. <laughs> yes. So what is Operation Overdrive all about? Good question. Mm-hmm. Good question. After hitting a supernatural speed bump in his lifelong search for the Corona Aurora, adventurer and rich asshole Andrew Hartford recruits four uh, extraordinary young adults into being his own personal band of Power Rangers slash treasure hunters. When his son Mac gets involved, though, Andrew becomes conflicted for reasons. The Rangers then set out all over the world to find the jewels of the Corona Wara, and that that's kind of it, really. So this season's just kind of weird, because there's a lot of interesting things here that they do practically nothing with. It, 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 yeah, it's just, this season, this season has a reputation of being probably the worst thing Power Rangers has to offer. I, I do disagree on that, on the fact that, like, Turbo, and I'm gonna say this point blank right now, Ninja Steel exists. Uh, you know, those are, but it's just like, nothing happens this series. It's kind of there. Yeah, it's just like, I, I would definitely, like, I would throw this on on the background before I put on any episode of Turbo again. Well, or mine's VR the Troopers. bad episode, or VR Troopers, fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it just felt very uncoordinated in the pacing was also really weird um just because the entire season is basically a treasure hunt yeah and so but there's so there's nothing really breaking up that particular action besides maybe they'll have like an one episode that's a little bit of a goof off yeah but like it still goes back to oh we're gonna spend this entire season hunting for the corona aurora jewels when i feel like they could have maybe knocked that out in maybe the first like 13 to 20 episodes and then spent the rest of the series like kind of building off of that but developing the villains and stuff i think like the first eight or ten episodes are like pretty interesting but then like after after the pirate episode just goes flat yeah because i'm just like i was when i was watching those first few episodes i'm like huh this isn't as bad as people are saying and then like somewhere after that i was just like what episode are we on this kind of just keeps going (laughs) Yeah, it just keeps going. There's, uh, 
we might talk about this a little later when we get to the villains, but like the villains had a too many cooks situation. Yeah. Uh, so there was no real like it, they could have, you know, they could have they could have done the Corona War thing, but actually like maybe with a little less villains and actually like have stakes being upped and have like an arching thing going on with that, but instead it just kind of was flat on conflict and that's something that's just bad storytelling when you're flat on conflict. So like how we talked about last season with Mystic Force, it was kind of a streamline of everything that happened in Wild Force in terms of like the overarching story and the parental reveal and all that. It felt like they were trying to retread some ground with Lightspeed Rescue, but like it didn't quite hit the mark the same way. Yeah. You know, Lightspeed Rescue, the Rangers can, you know, they don't really have a lot of conflict going on. Minus, like, some stuff with, like, uh, Dana and, you know, Bill. Bill. <laughs> you know, and Ryan and dealing with that family situation and some stuff, I think, with Carter and, you know, episode to episode. But the villains had a lot of kind of the conflict and everything go and progressive plot. Whereas this definitely was just kind of like, the villains were there. Yeah. The Rangers were there. They're yeah. finding the Corona Aura, but yeah. not much else. Yeah. Uh, also, like, uh, Max reveal uh, is just very different from the way they did the reveal of um, Nick being... Um, Bowen. Bowen. I don't know why I called him his dad's name, though. <laughs> right. But yeah, Nick being, being Bowen was uh, a carefully laid out thing. Like, you kind of introduced some little hits at the beginning. Oh, I came from, you know, adopted family... Oh, you know, here's this blanket, you know, you, you see at the beginning and all that. And then, like, you, you see the, you know, the blanket's obviously a focus shot. And then later you you see the blanket and a, a, a flashback with Udana holding a baby. And you're like, oh, man. So, you know, it's just these crumbs of a, you know, well, very, you know, over the, you know, very much like on top of you. It's still leading to the narrative reveal that Nick is, le- uh, Nick is Bowen, not Liam Bowen. He's not his dad. Uh, but here was, like, Mac, it was just kind of, like, the beginning part was just, I, I, like, the first bit was, like, oh, I, I, you know, I made sure the modifications were adjusted accordingly or something when he got his new powers, and they just dropped it. (laughs) Yeah, like, they, like, in the few episodes before that, like, before the reveal, they do try to, like, drop the hints again of just, like, oh, there's clearly something up with um, Mac, because, like, there's this one bit where they talk about, where Spencer and Andrew talk about Mac coming into their life two years ago, even though he's very clearly older than two years old. Uh, I um, think, I, I think it, you know, what you could take away from it is, oh, he came from his life, you know, two years ago, as in, like, oh, he was going to college. Like, you can throw that away as that. Right, and then, like, um, The photograph? You know, th- yeah, the photograph, though. Yeah, I, don't, I think that happens in the episode... I think it happened before that, like right before. Yeah, is 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 they had this photograph where it's like the shadows weren't casting correctly. I think it's actually the same episode where they talked about oh, you know, he came back. And then there was like another like one that's a little bit obvious in retrospect was the whole bit with the the force field. Yeah, where where uh, Tyson goes, you know, as long as you know, you know, I my Mercurian energy can go through. Uh, and all, all other life forms and we can all pass through. And once it hits Mac, it gets blocked. Right, which I didn't even think about that until after the reveal. Because, like, I just assumed it was some weird thing. And just to give them an excuse to have, like, 
Rose and Tyson have a plot together. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing like the earlier thing you mentioned about, oh, he came into her life two years ago. It's just you could assume he just came home from college. Right. Um, yeah, it's just sort of those things about like, and then like the one big hint that they have, like, it's like Spencer and Andrew share a significant look over Max Halloween costume. <laughs> Which looks like the sex robot from like his kids you know. Sex robot, robot sex, sex robot, robot, sex robot, sex robot. Sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> that was Kurt's first inclination. It's like, it looks like the sex robot. <laughs> Which I hadn't seen that sketch and before then. Um... <laughs> So now it's all that I think about. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're clearly already talking about Mac. So let's move on to talking about our characters and starting with Mac Hartford, who is the most developed character in this whole series. Yeah. You know, up until the big reveal, like, he just starts off as kind of the rich kid who his dad's just kind of shoved to the side. It looks like a lot. The mom doesn't seem to be around in the picture. And you get to the reveal, which is Mac is a goddamn robot. Yeah, like, okay. So, like, yeah, initially just kind of comes across as Mac is, like, a lonely kid who, like, you know, dreams of, like, being, like, a big adventurer just like his dad. Um, It's very Little Mermaid part of your world. Um, If this was a musical, (laughs) that would be his I Want song. Yeah. And, of course, by the nature of him being the Red Ranger... And the mentor's son, he kind of gets the most character development from that. Yeah. And then, obviously, it turns into him being a robot. Being a robot. An android, really. But, yeah, mostly being a- It's just like, Mac is a goddamn robot. Yeah. <laughs> and which the reveal of that- Okay, I will say, though, that the reveal of him actually being a robot was actually really well done. Yeah. Of the whole, like, him, like, that, that weird, like- Bla- was it like a blackout or a power outage or it was something like, a, like that something yeah caused by a virus or something yeah so like he starts to like say something and he's just all of a sudden starts glitching out and repeating himself over and over and th- so it's like oh what the hell's going on with that <laughs> now i admittedly knew that mac was a robot before we started the series but we didn't tell kurt <laughs> yeah we didn't tell kurt because the, the re- it's like, I forgot if I told you or not, because when we we watched the, uh, I think the, I, I guess so it's just I didn't expect the podcast to happen or anything, and I wanted to share with you the Once a Ranger episode. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it, and like, and, and we'll talk about the jokes we made about that later. But yeah, you had mentioned it, and I just, I never really forgotten that. Uh, so like, going into Operation Overdrive, I knew this was the season where the protagonist was a robot. I just didn't know when it got hang up. So, but yeah, we didn't say anything to Kurt. <laughs> and so, it was, so we just kind of let him have the reaction of what? <laughs> what? He's a robot? Yeah. It's really, that's, you're just so surprised for it. Mostly because like, like I said, it's kind of not really foreshadowed well. Yeah, like the, the bits of foreshadowing that are there, you don't really notice until, unless you actually know it later, um, I guess. It's, it's not that foreshadowing needs to be, you know, very, you know, on your, like, intense and, you know, very overt about it, you know. You, you can have some subtext about it. You don't have to be, you know, subtext is not for cowards, no, no matter what, what Garth, Garth Marenghi says. Yes! <laughs> But, 
but you know, you, you do it. You can you can have it in a way where yeah, no, that makes sense. Where you like you watch this and you're like, what? That came out of nowhere. Yeah, which then you go back and watch it, and yeah, it didn't really, but like they didn't really do a good job kind of laying that breadcrumb trail. Yeah, just kind of fell flat on that. Yeah. And then, like, the end of the series kind of gives him a Pinocchio story. Yeah. Where, like, he, like, it, it, it's literally taken straight out of the third act of Disney's Pio- Pinocchio. I don't know about the, the fairy tale version of Pinocchio, but, like, where, like, you know, Max sacrifices himself to, like, save the world, and basically he fucking dies. As, as yep. much as, it, as an android can die. Um, and then, like, the Sentinel Knight decides that they're gonna use the Corona Aurora to bring Mac back to life. And it makes him a real boy! <laughs> He's a real boy now! I was just like, as soon as they were hinting at that, I'm like, oh god, are they gonna do that? Are they gonna just make it a Pinocchio thing? Where he becomes a real boy, and then, like, all of a sudden he's like, I can feel my heart! I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Also, Ugh. is is he technically one of the rangers to die and come back? Because was he ever alive? Yeah, that's a, that is an ethical quandary. Yep. Um, I mean, the whole thing is a bit of an ethical quandary. Because, like, the reason you find out that Mac was made is that his dad, Andrew, didn't like, cause he's, he, Andrew said he always wanted a son, um, but didn't, like, didn't take time to date, so he decided he was gonna make his own son. I'm wondering, we could get to Andrew in a bit, but I'm kind of wondering if people just rejected him a lot. Yeah, like, I don't know, it's like, it's that case of, like, is he, in like, an Elon Musk type? Is he a Richard Branson type? I have many questions. Yeah. Um, and well, obviously we're seeing how that was working out for Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Topical. Um, but yeah, it's, but after the kind of the robot reveal, he kind of has a whole, like, angst over his dad for, like, most of the rest of the series. Yeah, just, just calls his dad Andrew. Yeah, and basically is just really- or, or- yeah. Or Mr. Hartford. Like, he'll, he'll, I think it's actually Mr. Hartford. He doesn't even refer to him by first name. He yeah, just, that's what makes it, that's what makes it really sting. Just, okay, Mr. Hartford. It's like, damn, he went, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's just like, I think it's just that, uh, what is it the joke you made here? It's just like, I didn't consent to be created, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. You very much have. I didn't get, I didn't consent to be created. What the fuck? Yeah, whatever the robot version is of I, I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> so um, it's like, yeah, he's just he's he's a little bit of an angst robot, angst robot, angst robot, angst robot. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little bit of an angst robot for like the last, uh, I would say, five to ten episodes of the series. Yeah. Um, uh, but eventually, you know, he comes around and, you know, sacrifices himself to protect, you know, his friends and the world and his dad and becomes a real boy. And then they go out adventuring. The end. Yes. And yeah, but Max's whole vibe is that he's a kind of a sheltered a little bit because like Andrew's very against him being a Power Ranger. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, a robot. He's, he's definitely not the, who is the creator of Honey? Dr. Kisaragi. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a Dr. Kisaragi type. I didn't build you to be a magical girl. Yeah, right? And then, like, but yeah, so, like, he's this, um, I was about to make a joke, and I forgot what I was about to say. Oh, no. 
That was also, like, part of it is that, like, towards the end, like, the reason Mac is so angsty about it. Okay, I said we were going to make the cutie honey joke later, and we're going to bring it up again. But, like, where Honey is like, okay, yeah, I'm a magical girl. I help save the world. Like, she fully accepts that about herself, like, from the second she is, well, learns about that. Not from the second she's born, but, though that depends on the... Depends on the adaptation, really. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, Mac's whole thing is that, like, the reason he's so angsty about it is that he feels like he hasn't been able to have the free will to make those choices himself. Yeah. And, um, he and that's goes like, through a whole crisis about it, too. Yeah. It's, it's like he's having a robot existential crisis, which is like, I would say, like, at least a quarter of the episodes on Next Generation, if I'm making a good guesstimate there. If they involve data, it's mostly data trying to figure out, like, humanity and right. how it works. It's like, why would or... they leave data alone? He just wanted to feel. <laughs> Watch Lower Decks. It's so good. Yeah, that was, that's pretty much it. It's like data would be like, there would yeah. be a moral conundrum and data would ask questions sometimes. So. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's sort of Max moral conundrum is that, like... Did, did has he actually made any of these choices himself or was he programmed to make those choices yeah like so like so i think that's part of like kind of the making up between him and andrew at the end of just like andrew tells mac you know i didn't want you to be a ranger but you made the choice yourself like that was all you yeah I, i'm gonna cut off data has free will it's actually something about him mm, okay data actually has free will to him it's just it's normally he doesn't understand uh certain things about living like art like a lot of it has to do more with like okay what do humans find interesting about art you know right but max having an actual existential crisis <laughs> yeah um, Max has an emotional chip on like data because you know Laura's the one with the emotional chip and lore sucks <laughs> some of those lores some of them can be lores <laughs> But yeah, so like Max's whole vibe outside of, you know, being a robot is that he's just, he's a sheltered but fun-loving rich kid who loves like an Indiana Jones knockoff and just wants to be an explorer. Yeah. Also loves cupcakes. Yeah. Apparently he they, they programmed him to eat. Yeah, so I, yeah, that's really most we could say about Mac. I don't think there's anything else that we could really further elaborate on. I mean, I could be like, if he eats, does he poop? I... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, how does that even work? Do androids poop? <laughs> oh, the, the 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 sequel to Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep that nobody wanted. <laughs> the baby book Do Androids Poop. Oh, this is the worst Blade Runner sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was like, oh, God, stuff that you know, Dennis Vignano knew or however you pronounce his name. Like, did he consider this for 2049? <laughs> oh fuck okay um let's move on (laughs) let's move on to little aston who is uh the black ranger uh he was uh his background before becoming a ranger was uh i don't know what the term is for this type of thief i know it is uh like for hackers it's like a black hat hacker and a white hat hacker Mm -hmm. or like a white hacker white hat hacker kind of does stuff uh, for companies and everything to look at security systems. And that's what pretty much he does, is he tests security systems for people, see where they have, like, issues and everything, and report back. It's like, hey, you may want to upgrade this. Yeah, I think there was a character that was like that in um, Elementary, which okay. is the uh, the CBS American adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. 
if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, because I remember there was a similar character in either that show or a show like it where there was a uh, car thief who eventually kind of went kind of white hat and was basically testing out like security systems in luxury cars. Yeah, to see how easily they were to steal, and I'll, I'll double check that. I'm because I'm like I'm fairly certain it was elementary. Could be wrong. We'll put it in the show notes. And it definitely wasn't the BBC Sherlock. No, God, no. <laughs> I remember that character being black, so <laughs> <laughs> definitely was not BBC Sherlock. Ooh. Oh, S- slap in the face to what's his name? Stephen Moffat. Yeah, that's his name. Moffat. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, anyway. Um, so Will is kind of like the second most developed character in this series, uh, which is not saying a whole lot, unfortunately. Yeah, like, as much as we went on about Mac, Mac really was kind of one note, and so are the rest of the Rangers. Um, as, like, Will's whole thing, uh, was if he had to learn how to work as a team, and that, that kind of came up later when he kind of I think, like, midway through the season, he became second in command, basically, of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, if Mac or Andrew weren't available to really be the leader, he'd step into that role and lead people. Uh, but other than that, it was just kind of like, he would also go undercover, because he was, you know, really good at that. Right. Okay, I just a aside here. I was right. It was elementary. The character's name was Alfredo. Okay. So, Yes. But yeah, so that's the whole thing of Will's character is that most of his character progress is that he's got to learn to be part of a team or he goes undercover to like, you know, get like the next steps of the Corona Roar. Because that was like a big episode where they think uh, Will has turned on the team and turned on the Rangers, but actually he's just gone undercover and they like the uh, Andrew and Spencer don't tell the rest of the team about it. Yeah, uh, mainly because it was... Will's idea, he's like, I gotta make this convincing, you know, Andrew, can you make it look like, uh, you know, you fired me, and I was disgruntled, like, make it, make it convincing, you know. Yeah, which I say that would work better than, um, <laughs> oh god, uh, that, the, the bit was Sky in, um, <laughs> Soul of the Dragon, you know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, oh, Sky's like, oh no, we don't know what's going on with your kid. Meet Lorp, I'm Sky. I'm yeah. an asshole. It's like Sky, you just made things worse. <laughs> so of being like, look, we can't tell what what your kid's doing right now, Tommy. I almost said Jason David Frank. I mean, is there a difference? <laughs> is there a difference at this point between Tommy and Jason David Frank? Yeah. Um. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if like there's anything else about Will. Will is kind of like, he's kind of comes across as the second in charge of the team. Like he's always kind yeah. of the one that uh, it tends to take the lead if Mac's unavailable or he's the one that's kind of a bit more like. He, he's the one that definitely charge. Yeah, and he's a bit more grounded than I would say some of the Rangers on the team are. Especially Dax. Yeah, especially Dax. He's, yeah, because I remember, like, a big thing about one of his character bits is during the, um, during the Halloween episode about Ronnie. Yeah. And he has to go and rescue her. Like, initially, the whole bit starts about, like, you know, he's like, oh, I don't like Halloween. Halloween's for kids. But then, like, uh, after he rescues Ronnie, he kind of gets involved with the Halloween party because, like, um, 
considering the fact that like he she sacrificed herself to like make sure that he didn't get killed by the villains and she he's just like okay if you're you're willing to put your neck out on the line for me the least i can do is put on a halloween costume for you yeah so i think will kind of has that sense of like he tries to be a little bit cooler than he actually is yeah that happens when you're a, you're a young adult. You try to be cooler than you, than you actually are. And then you when you get like older, you realize nobody is actually cool. So you just you can do whatever you want. Yeah, pretty much. Well, within reason. <laughs> yeah, within reason. Please don't go kill people. Yeah, don't kill people. Don't assault people. Don't, you know, don't double park. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't double park. I'll kill you. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's really all we can say about will um so i guess kind of move on to our blue ranger who we've already briefly mentioned of dax Lowe, who is probably one of the most hyperactive rangers we have had so far in this entire franchise uh i just he reminded me of phil lamar's ups guy from mad tv that would just like bounce around really hyperactive like that was the entire character was hyperactive yeah there's also be times where dax would just throw himself into things when he really didn't need to actually literally throw himself into things yeah and then i noticed this because i had just recently watched all three matrix movies for the first time (laughs) um first of all i like the sequels shut the fuck up (laughs) that that's not directed at you sid it's just in general But also, I realized that Dax's actor, his attempt at putting at covering up his Australian accent was to just sound like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Kind of works. Yeah, it works. Especially works for his character since his character is definitely a himbo. Oh yeah, just just a hundred hundred percent himbo. He, he, I think he's hunky enough to be considered a himbo over a himbim. Yes, uh, definitely. But like, it, so it works for his character. It's just all that I could hear, especially for those first like. 10 episodes or so i'm just like he's just doing a keanu reeves impression (laughs) but yeah like it's it's him doing like that that neo slash like um was he was he bill or ted in um i forget this often too and i like bill and ted (laughs) yeah i'm sure that we'll we'll correct that in the show notes but yeah that's i I can go yeah, that, that, that pre, like... He's Ted, I thought so. Yeah, Ted, Ted, yeah. So it's like that mix of, like, Neo and Ted, and, like, maybe his character in Speed. I don't remember. <laughs> um, his character in Speed was very, very serious. Yeah, so maybe not as much of a himbo, and definitely not John Wick. No, the, his character in Speed was more aligned with John Wick, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Okay, that makes sense. And definitely not John Don John in Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, God, no. Thank no. God. Thank God. Oh, God. I'm like, Keanu's acting and Much Ado About Nothing. Not as good, but he's trying. Definitely watch it for Denzel Washington, though, before the, the Macbeth yeah. adaptation comes out. Because, mm, chef's kiss. It, anyway. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, I had to take that small tangent about Shakespeare adaptations by Kenneth Branagh. Um, <laughs> so, I, but that still works with how we're talking about Dax. Because Dax is obsessed with movies and action movies and he's a stunt guy that desperately wants to be an action movie star i i really love how uh when you first meet him i think his like you know they have the obviously the iconography the director's chair actor's chair and stuff and you just see like this tiny chair stunt person yeah which like seems a little too on the nose especially since we're dealing with like um 
Itase about to go on strike. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just like, oh, yeah. Just Let's just clearly, like, put on this metaphor that stunt people are some of the most disrespected in this industry, you know? Yeah, just, just if you do anything else, fuck you. Yeah. And, like, like, he does all of the stunts in this big action scene, and then, like, they just, like, they call a cut and pull him out right before, like, he kisses the heroine. Yeah. Or... Or my favorite in the Once a Rage where they just go back to their daily, like, what they did before. And they just leave them hanging there. Yeah. It's like, it's so sad. And then, like, there's this whole episode, like, it's a, it's the Rangers having to prioritize being a Ranger episode that they do every season. Yeah. Where, like, he, like, goes to audition for, like, this action, like, movie or TV series. And, like, he get like... He says he's just going to audition, but then, like, he gets the part and accepts it. Yeah, I, just, I do like the adult approach to this, where, um, where, you know, you actually deal with adult responsibilities, like your job or something like that, conflicting with being a ranger, as opposed to, like, being a student, where what, it's, it's gonna affect, like, if the monster attacks during the daytime, shit, you know? Yeah, or, God forbid, like, the... The one with Dana in Lightspeed Rescue is still the one that drives me crazy. Yeah. About, like, her becoming a model and, like, how that, like, she gets conceited and, like, it affects her being a ranger because she's too focused on modeling. It's like She's too fo- focused on being really, really ridiculously good looking. Yeah. And on top of that, she becomes, like, a horrible bitch. Yeah, it's like, wh- what? <laughs> At least Dax doesn't do that. Like, he just, just, like... Oh man, this is really what I want. He gets conflicted with that instead of like, and now I'm a bastard. Yeah. Like, that kind of storyline can work if you are setting up particular things to see like, mm, maybe that would make them kind of an asshole. Like, what's going on with Nate and Te- uh, Ted Lasso this season. But like, Power Rangers does not give anybody that much character development. <laughs> Power Rangers is just like, uh, we need you to be... Interesting enough for children. Yeah. Which, I, I'm not trying to slag it for that. Like, children shows, even at the most developed, you still want them to be, you know, not wholly complex like an adult character. Yeah, like, make, like doing a children's show, like, children shows, definitely tre- you need to treat the child like they're smarter than, like, most children shows will try to treat them. But, like, yeah, you're still... At the end of the day, targeting towards children. And Power Rangers is a children's show. As much yeah. as we make jokes about, like, bad decisions they make in terms of character development. <laughs> yeah. But, like, even then, it's still sometimes with Power Rangers. I'm just like, the audience you're clearly, like, targeting is smarter than you're giving them credit for. So, like, could you yeah. give them a little bit more to chew on? Yeah, it's like, you know, you see that with good te- kids television where there is... You know, it's not much to overload a child, but there's enough for them to kind of chew on and and work out, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, whereas, like, yeah, there's no setup for a lot of this. It's just kind of like, yeah, it happens. A lot yeah. of that also has to do with how syndicated TV shows used to be, too. Yeah, and I think yeah. at this point, like, Power Rangers wasn't really syndicated at this point, right? Uh, it was on JetX. It right. had, like, a slot on Jetix. So basically, yeah, it was on a cable show, which I think did allow them to kind of start p- 
pushing towards more storytelling mm-hmm. um, that you see this this time. But it, it definitely, um, for a while, at least the first couple of years, it was definitely like, well, you know, they might miss out on XYZ episodes. So any story we would have to be contained within a certain amount. Right. Um, I guess kind of going back to Dax here is that besides... He doesn't really have a whole lot of character growth, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's going to build, probably end up saying that about nearly every character in the series. It's not Mac. And I guess kind of will. Yeah. His character growth is that now he wants to be a director. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that you see at the end is how I want to direct. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? I guess they're just making the joke about like, you know, actors eventually, like, sometimes I'm like, now I want to be a director. Some of them are very good at it, some are not. <laughs> not everyone can be Ben Affleck. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been watching Kevin Smith movies, so I guess that's why I thought of Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, out of every actor turned director, you went with Ben Affleck. <laughs> not even Danny DeVito. You went with Ben Danny Affleck. De- yeah, Danny DeVito, by the way, a great director of children's film, too. Yeah, like, well, granted, I haven't gone back to watch. I have a childhood trauma around Matilda, so I have not <laughs> gone back to watch it. Yeah, it's understandable. He did make a, uh, he did make a, was it, Trench Bowl? Yes. very scary. He he definitely went with kind of how the book just makes her scary. Yeah. So. But, yeah, so, and then the other thing about Dax that kind of happens this season is that there's an episode where he dates Miratrix but doesn't know that she's Miratrix. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. She's using him and it comes back later when Will's undercover and he's like, the bro code! And like, the bro code's stupid. Yeah, well, yeah, bro code's stupid and also doesn't apply when your, like, ex was an evil, like, tokusatsu villain who was just using you to get to a bunch of jewels. And it's like you went on one date, dude. Yeah, it's like you dated for probably like a week. Yeah. And then you found out she was using you. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much, dude. Dax, he's he's the himbo supreme. Uh, we're up next to Ronnie Ro- uh, Robinson, who uh, she, she's got to go fast. She's yeah, an she- international woman of speed. Yeah, so Ronnie's whole thing is that she was a former race car driver. Um, that's about it. She doesn't even, does she even get super speed as one of her, like, mutant powers? Yes, she does. She does, actually. And it's only used at the end. Right. Yeah, but so one of her things is that she's extremely competitive and has to be learned to be less competitive because it makes everything you do with her a complete downer. To be fair, I know adults like that. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah, nobody wants, like, as I've told the story, I don't know if I've told this story before on the podcast, but I have a friend that taught me how to, like, play Settlers of Catan in my 20s. And he's the same, like, friend who makes me never want to play Settlers of Catan ever again because he was so fucking competitive at it. Yeah. It's like, well, thanks, dude. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> um, <laughs> though he knows. I've, he knows. I've told him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy also drove me home when I was, like, drunk after a party once, so he's not, like, a totally bad guy. He just never makes me want to play Settlers. <laughs> he's just a really competitive at board games. It's a, it's a flaw, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's also, every party, he would try to get people to play the Battlestar Galactica board game, which takes about six hours, so it's oh, like- no. No. No one wants to play Battlestar with you today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's Ronnie's- th- and, like- the other stuff we know about her is that she loves Halloween, you know, she's willing to, like, 
put herself on her on the line for her friends, which is, you know, typical Power Rangers trope. It's not a bad thing. Her- it's just, you know, we have that, like, kind of every season. She doesn't wash her lucky socks, and I'm like, you know, the more and more we find out about certain certain white white celebrities, I'm like, yeah, you know, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, but the socks help her win, according to her. Um, yeah, and then and then uh, Spencer washed them. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the way you put it was that she's basically Sonic the Hedgehog without the chili dogs. Yeah, she doesn't like scarf down chili dogs. She definitely she feels like she comes from that uh, the really kooky cartoon. I think the the not the not the one that was based on the Archie comics, but the one that was this like. That had the Sonic says segments everyone remembers about. Don't go in the dryer. Oh, where Jaleel White played Sonic? Yeah, he played him in both, actually. Okay. But I know he the one just... you're talking about, because that was the one that they played on Toon Disney back in the day. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, there was, it, it's the one that, like, the nostalgia critic hated, and then he just praised Sad AM, because he's a nostalgia critic and he sucks. Right. Sad AM was good, by the way, if you like the Archie Talks. Right. No, no downer on that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely that same Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I, I I weirdly remember this episode, I think Ronnie would do the same, is where she would blink herself out of existence because she would be waiting at a stand for some, some food and block her ancestor for it. <laughs> this, this happened in Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, God. Okay. I'm like... Tails had to go correct it, like, because oh, it basically like waiting in line. At, like, I forget where. I think it's like, like supposed to be ancient Egypt, and basically Sonic's ancestor was supposed to meet like his wife to create the line. And uh, at, at this chili dog stand, when he said he's like, I'm gonna go for falafel instead, and then Sonic blinks out of existence. Oh God! <laughs> what the fuck? We're weirdly padding this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're kind of padding this episode out because we don't have a lot to talk about in terms of the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely uh, has that energy of Sonic. Yeah, like Ronnie accidentally like erases herself from existence or becomes her own grandma or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, Ronnie becoming her own grandma sounds funny. Oh, shit. Um, I guess because we don't have much to say about Ronnie anymore. Um, so I guess we kind of move on to Rose. Uh, Rose Ortiz, who is our pink ranger. And she is a very smart lady. She went to college as a teenager and teaches STEM. Yeah. Uh, and her whole thing is like, she needs to learn to have fun and open up to people because she was a child genius. And doesn't have many friends because of it. You know... I gotta say, they kind of did peg gifted kids right there. Yeah, it's like, shut up. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> I like to read. Oh, man. Um, And so, yeah, Rose is sort of, she's, you know, she's very, you know, bubbly in those terms. But, like, you know, she also has cool fashion. Because we're starting to move out of that period in the 2000s where everybody was sort of a fashion disaster. Yeah. So we're starting to get a little bit more streamlined. And I see this happened in 2007, 2008. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So like, yeah, we're starting to kind of move out of that, that period of the 2000s where everybody was a fashion disaster. So her fashion is, for the most part, is actually pretty nice. Yeah. Um, still very 2000s, but nice. It's not weird layers, that belt. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Hats. 
Whenever Ashley Trisdale would wear on, like, Disney red carpets. Right. Or even, I think around that area, we started also getting Miley Cyrus, so. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And yeah, Rose's kind of purpose in the series, besides being the Pink Ranger, is that she is kind of there to be your techno-babble exposition dump. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't talk like Billy, but she definitely feels like the Billy. Yeah, because she's so smart and, like, is able to figure out, like, tech stuff easier than most of the Rangers. She'll be the one to kind of explain, oh, this is how this works. Like, it specifically happens, like, towards the end of the series where, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it involved, like, the Grail. It was, like, a Grail or something like that. Giving multiple jewel signatures and she's able to kind of figure out how to use it to pinpoint where they need to go to finish locating the Corona Aurora. Yeah, I think it was the the clip shot at the end that kind of helped summarize things. Yeah, and so she's able to figure out that whole thing because she's wrong. Uh, not she's not Ronnie. She's Rose, and she's smart. <laughs> yeah, R- Ronnie, like we said, would end up causing her own death, like her own uncreation. Yeah, Rose would not. Rose would save her friend from. She would be tails. Yeah, Rose is. Yeah, Rose is kind of one of my favorite characters in the series, and like she has like. One of the best, like, bits of acting when in the episode where, like, she gets possessed by a pirate. Oh, yeah. Like, that is that is my favorite episode of the se- series. Uh, yeah. Is her getting possessed and just seeing her and her actress having fun. Like, her actress and having fun with it. Yeah. Like, especially at the end where she's like, I loved being a pirate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, like, I just especially like that. And I kind of wish we had more episodes that were just like that. Not necessarily, yeah. it didn't have to be a pirate possession, but, like, you know, that were just a little bit more fun. A little bit more fun, got to know something of the character a little bit more, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. That we we have seen in previous seasons, basically. Right. Yeah, so I guess we gotta move on to Tyson, who, as Sid pointed out to me, was just the guy who bullied Ethan and Dino Thunder with a bad wig. Yeah, just that, that wig was so off. Yeah, um, so Tyson's whole thing is that he's a Mercurian from the planet Mercuria, and if that was, if that was not laying it down enough, he is a guy who could turn into liquid metal, but not like the T-1000. No, he's not cool like the T-1000. He doesn't make blades with his armor. No, he just sometimes turns into metal and, like, will use metal to punch through things, but, like, eh. Um... I pointed out he's probably the worst actor I've seen in the Disney years and definitely this season. I, I just, the, 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 the episode we talked about where they kind of, you know, throw him and Rose together and he's just being a little weird about Rose and Rose inquires, well, why are you like this? And he just delivers this whole, you know, speech to her, this dialogue to her about like, I want to get to know you more and everything. And he just sounds like Tommy was so as a Power Ranger. Oh, God. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Tommy. Uh, oh, hi. No, it's like, oh, oh Rose, you know, you, you just don't, uh, you don't communicate with people. Ha ha, honey story. I'm like, why? It was oh, so not good. Like, it's like that whole thing could have done, been done so much better if the actor was just, like, marginally better. And, like... I, I, I don't know if it was because the actor was trying to capture what Tyson is, which is, ha ha, I am alien. I don't understand human costumes or just, and just failed because he's not that caliber of an actor. Yeah. And because it's like, especially that whole episode is that he's trying to learn more about Rose, but he's kind of becoming a little bit overbearing, but he just comes across as a total creep instead. (laughs) 
oh, but it's Rose's fault. Yeah, because she doesn't open up. It's like, uh, no, that's not how that works. No, somebody, you know, it's one of those, it's like, you know, you could have had that episode with Ronnie where Ronnie's not being really overbearing, but, you know, it's like, hey, why do you always refuse to go out and eat with us or something, you know? Yeah, I feel like that we could have at least gotten a better sort of... I feel like any other ranger except Tizon, it would have come across less weird. Yeah, really, instead of Tizon, just comes up as a weird creep. <laughs> um, And then, like, because I thought that was trying to set him up to be like, oh, you know, they're going to make, like, Tizon her, like, love interest or something like that. But no, it turns out he had a girlfriend, and he's sad because he thinks she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> which... I love how this comes up, because it, it comes up when they, because uh, I was with you when I first watched it, I'm like, are they setting up to be love interest or something? Then later, you find out about the third fear cat. We'll get into the villain. And he's like, I'm sorry, there's something I should have told you. Because they were like, why didn't you tell us about the, the other fear cat? And they could have done like, oh, you know, I just, I thought he was dead. Or something. Mm-hmm. Or, or she, I forget the fear cat. I think Regardless, she it was supposed to be a, a girl fear cat. Yeah, it's like, oh, I forgot, you know, I thought she was dead. There was this cave-in and everything, and I seriously thought so. No, he just goes into this long extension of how he thought his girlfriend was dead. And it's like, that doesn't really answer the question. Right. <laughs> hey, how come you didn't mention this other fear cat? <laughs> just like, it just, that was a really weird bit of writing, I thought. Like, yeah, that helps absolutely nobody here. <laughs> it's just more of like, you unlocked my tragic backstory. Wait, no, we didn't want that. We just wanted to know about it. And my girlfriend is dead, frowny nice. But it's okay, because she comes back. We're not even <laughs> using this from L's plot line from SPD. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Um, I wrote in the, uh, in our, um, like kind of our, our loose uh outline here it just went the feeling when no girlfriend frown face but she comes back smiley face yeah <laughs> just how it comes off so, and uh yeah I, I think you you called him something great yeah he is the less cool merrick <laughs> merrick's already and I'm merrick's, like, I'm, merrick's great because he's not cool okay yeah. let's get that out of the way yeah i love merrick because he's totally lame but like <laughs> Him and his new metal hair and like <laughs> refusing to kiss Shayla. He's just he's because just he's a so total sad, sad wolf boy. It's great. <laughs> he's just the saddest wolf boy. I love him. Yeah, I like. Don't get it wrong. I love Merrick, but like Merrick's not cool, and somehow they made him less cool with Tyson. <laughs> it's like this is the worst version of Merrick. Yeah, because it's like, oh, he's sad because he doesn't have a girlfriend. He's a sad loner. <laughs> but, like, he has none of the aspects that, like, make Mer- like that make up for that fact with Merrick. Yeah. Like, even his bad hair is not as bad as, like, noticeably bad as Merrick's. Because it's just, like, it's 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 a kind of like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas cut. <laughs> it's, just, it's just this bad wig. Which, they got a better wig for, like, this one-off thing with Mac where he's supposed to be a rock star. Right. <laughs> Like it was one of those like wow that's that's some that's some better wig technology can barely clock that Tyson's you could clock it oh for sure but yeah like yeah Tyson is just yeah I I don't know what to say about Tyson he's 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 your sixth he's he's our sixth ranger right he's there and it's like but but what does he really add to the team you know <sighs> he, he adds being a creepy alien I guess he does that. <laughs> 
let's go. Let's go to our favorite character. This is the answer. Spencer. I love Spencer. <laughs> we, we love Spencer. But you mentioned this. I'll let you say it. Okay. So Spencer has the same energy as um, former wrestler, now NXT general manager, William Regal, but like as a butler. Like, it's just very dry and British and, like... About to go out for a pack of smokes and never return. Yes. <laughs> Except I, I kept saying, he's like... Because towards, like, middle of the season, he was just so angry at Andrew. And I'm like, he's five seconds away from leaving the front door unlocked so the rebels can take Andrew. Right. He's just like, oh, I didn't realize the door was unlocked. I was in the basement. Like, the fortified <laughs> basement, cleaning up. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't notice at all. <laughs> uh, they're guillotining, guillotining you, sir. How sad. Mm. It's like, Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> what do you- then Despacito comes out of Mac's mouth. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, I guess because the whole thing about Spencer is that he's kind of there for... You know, obviously he's the butler, so he's he's there to, like, clean up the house and, like, assist Andrew with any ranger stuff that needs happening, uh, including being a master of disguise when the occasion calls on it. Yeah, it's... Exclusively he, as women, though, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you're right, it was just exclusively old white women. Yes. Well, no, it was old white woman, and then that one time where he was pretending to be Ronnie as Freya... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was, like, weird. Like, he, he metamorphed his body. Yeah, I don't know how he managed to do that. Well, you know, Andrew could make his own real boy, so yeah, I'm he just a, could create a suit. I just imagine, it's like the weirder version of that scene in, um, in, uh, Winter Soldier, I think. Yeah. Where, like, uh... Black Widow, like, tra- like disguises herself as, like, that older, like, member of the council. And, like, but she she had the fancy, like, face mask that she just could take off and reveal herself. Yes. <laughs> but, like, you know, it didn't metamorphize her whole body, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, that, that's that's definitely a question for the ages. How Spencer... Yeah. Um, but he was just, you know, even though he was basically there as kind of, like, the secondary of the group to really kind of help explain things to the rangers or help them out. He's the best thing. Yeah, and, like, he also, like, kind of did a better job at being moral su- the moral support mentor than Andrew did. Yeah, especially for Mac. Like, even even when Mac was going through his robot crisis, Spencer was there for him. Yeah. And, like, there's even times where, like, Spencer would call out Andrew on his shit. Oh, yeah. And it was great, because it's like, you know, Spencer's not going to take your bullshit, even if, like, you're paying him his paycheck. Yeah. So He even asked for his pay to be bumped. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, because he, sp- he says specifically that he was at- he needed to ask for a raise, and so I hope he got it. Yeah. Uh... But, yeah, so Spencer, we love Spencer. He's great. Um, <laughs> you know who's not as great, though? Andrew Hartford. Andrew sucks. Oh, God. So, like, Andrew's whole thing is that he's a rich dude, he's a rich dad, that he goes out and explores the world, and he's been looking for the Corona Aurora, but then, like, I think Sentinel Knight comes to him and tells him he needs to make a team of Power Rangers or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like, like, make some Power Rangers. Yeah, so, uh, 
yeah, it's just like that's where it gets a little bit weird with Andrew. It's like, okay, if he was just a rich guy who started his own team of Power Rangers and had a kid with like a woman who died like years ago or at least left his ass, I would have gotten yeah. that. But then, like, you bring in the whole aspect of Mac is a goddamn robot. And Andrew made him because he was so lonely and forgot to date that he built his own son. He forgot the fuck. Yeah. And it's just- and, or, or get in vitro fertilization with somebody. You know, he had enough money to pay for a surrogate. Yeah, like, I'm sure any surrogate out there, like, he, had a, he clearly would have had enough money to make sure that she was set for the rest of her life. But yeah. no, I can't do that. I'm going to build my own robot son. And it's and, just- and which- <laughs> Which is Robot Sunset right after finding this out. Why didn't you just build one of those two? Oh, it was the sickest burn ever in Power Rangers. <laughs> it's like, I didn't have time to, to find the right woman. Well, why didn't you build one of those two? I'm like, damn, Mac. Get him. Like, oh, shit. It's like, now I'm just thinking about Andrew Hartford's robot wife. <laughs> it's like, look at her, honey. Look at the bodega princess. Bodega princess. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's just, oh, oh. Yeah, he he eventually built a robot. Why? But yeah, it was one of those things about you think about it too hard, it kind of just starts to fall apart and gets a little bit like terrifying because it's just like, okay, obviously, I know logistically we can't have like anything implying sex, even if we talk about like surrogacy or in vitro fertilization. Because like, even though like, I made a joke about how, like, in vitro is the least sexy way anybody could ever have a baby. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, like, it's just very clinical, very, like, obviously, it's a it's a miracle process, and, you know, it's expensive as hell, but, like, people have used it, it's been, you know, it's been great for them, it's been a great option for them, but, like, yeah. it is very clinical. Like, there's nothing sexy about yeah, in they, vitro fertilization, but we can't they, even they, apply that on Power Rangers. Yeah, it's like... Oh, but you can apply that a married couple to have a kid in, in Mystic Force. Right. So, but yeah, it's just like, okay, so you didn't have time to date. You didn't have time to adopt, like, a kid. Like, he could have done that, too. He would have had enough money to be like, I'm going to adopt a kid from, like, you know, a, a less fortunate, like, who grew up in less fortunate circumstances than me. You could have adopted a kid. You could have had a surrogate. You could have done X, Y, Z. But no, you decide that the most logistical way to handle this is build your own robot son yeah so it's but like it, it, it gets this weird kind of eugenicist like vibe if you think about it too hard because he said he built the son he always wanted yeah also like the fact that he built uh mac as an adult basically like a young adult probably like 19 to 20 would be his age range yeah so like okay so let's say if mac came in about two years prior so he probably built him to be like 15 16 yeah and then like you know let's say mac is about 18 19 now and it's like so you just wanted to skip having the grow up phase with a child like you really didn't want a child you just wanted an extra person around yeah that's the weird part it's just like okay so you wanted a kid but you didn't want to actually raise the kid um and you didn't want to run into the possibility that you could have a daughter or like a kid with maybe like some sort of like disability or anything like that so you just build a robot at 16 yeah. years old what if mac comes out as translator oh well there's another ethical conundrum there just like how how do robots assess gender yeah 
Yeah, but then also the fact that, like, well, then he's, like, at that point, if he comes out later, because he's not a robot anymore, because he's a real boy now, so, like, how does he understand gender as somebody who's just coming in to being a real person? That gender binary is stupid. Yes, I mean, obviously, yes. But I'm just that, like that's like my only answer to that is just Mac didn't start questioning like what wh- okay so what makes me a dude yeah exactly like he was already he was he was not born in any way he has no chromosomes I assume yeah. um like he's completely constructed and then like made real quote quote real like a human by magic yeah so and because he's able to construct other parts of his identity like. You know, yeah, that, that's, do androids have gender? Do we just put an, uh, gender on androids is, I guess, another thing we are putting out there with this podcast. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so, like, yeah, though that's, a, it's an interesting question, because it's like, oh, wait, yeah, he's no, at, at the end of the series, he's no longer a robot. Yeah. So, like, huh. So, his how entire, do you, ident- yeah. And his entire identity comes from that, that place and, and everything, and it's like, does he, you know, it's like, it's one of those things, like, do robots truly have gender? Yeah. Or is it just something you programmed into the robot? You know, what's going on here? Yeah, I was like, huh. And, like, especially because, like, does the magic carry over that particular programming? Or does he now truly have free will? You know, what's going on? Do androids dream of gender, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> the better sequel to <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> But yeah, interesting ethical quandaries that come up over constructing a robot son versus just adopting somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I can say from what I, I know of Data's background without having to, like, look it up, because I'm not a super fan, uh, is that, like, Dr. Sun just wanted to build a robot son for the shits and giggles. Yeah. He was just really, really into wanting to build an android. And had several before Data, you know, right. obviously with lore and everything. And D- Data was kind of the one that came out good. Right. Because, you know, there's lore. <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, God, that reminds me. There's actually an episode later in TNG. It's a really good one where you he you find out in his grief, he made, uh, he basically just made a replicant of his wife because his wife died. Oh, no. And she's like. A hundred percent convinced she is she is a, the the real his real wife. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> it gets real weird because it, it like because it really came from not like oh he built a robot wife and like no it came from like actual grief he built his uh, he built he rebuilt his wife as an android. Yeah, it's like okay, it's like it's it's Power Rangers is not getting into anything deep questions in terms of like androids. It's just leaving us to real <laughs> contemplate it too hard. Yeah. Um, and then I had to bring up Data, because I love Data. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Because let, let's at least go into our honorable mentions. You, we normally have our time where we discuss the villains, but uh, the honorable mentions are our villains. Yeah, because there's so many villains this season for no real reason. Um, Too many cooks. I, I'm wondering if like there is a, a thing... I know where they they had to have like a huge like an American made villain or something, and they wanted to do Snow Miser versus Heat Miser, right? With um, um I don't even remember her fucking names right now. Fl- Flurious <laughs> and uh, Volcano Dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I 
could Google it right now, and I choose not to. Right. Uh, then you have, like, the two ninjas, where Camdor was obviously from uh, Bokanger, but Miratrix was not. And then you had the, the Fear Cats. Uh, that I, I remember when we were writing down our villains, uh, we forgot about them because they were just kind of there. They were just Tizons, like May Nemesis. Yeah, and I think they were from the Tokusatsu as well. And, um, <laughs> of course, we had to make the good joke about relating to Cats the musical. Of, like, were the Fear Cats the Jellical Choice? Were they the Jellical Choice? No. No, they were not. But then, like, of course, Kurt's whole thing is that he made the joke relating to the song Love Cats by The Cure. <laughs> Because Kurt loves the cure. Yeah, so it's like, just, just just make a parody in your own head of Love Cats, but Fear Cats. I can't remember the tune to uh, Love Cats right now, so I won't sing I, it. I, I can't either, so I won't sing it. I just know that Robert Smith is just way better than... Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, this is true. And Rick Astley is also better than Morrissey. Everyone's better than Morrissey. <laughs> yeah, true. But I'm just saying, you should go find the video of Rick Astley singing This Charming Gentleman. It's so good. <laughs> I, I need to. It's, oh man. It's like, just replace any recordings of Morrissey with Rick Astley. It's great. <laughs> yes. Rick Astley's a really good fucking singer. Yeah, right? And then, of uh, course, we have our not villain of the season, because there's always, like, the one, like, that's kind of lassoed up with the villains, but he's not really that bad, is Norg, who is a yeti. Yeah. He's he's not very smart. He He has a big heart. It's, like, it's pure of heart, dumb of ass, is basically Nord. Yeah, yeah the, the villains, it just felt like they had to, you know, deal with the Sentai, uh, and also maybe dealing with some compliance with Disney, and it just ended up with a too many cooks situation. Like, there was nothing coherent between these villains to share on, like, Lightspeed Rescue, which did have a lot of villains, but there was, like, a cohesion, like, they were all under Queen Banshira, like, and it dealt with, like, like the politics behind that. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it was just, like, two of them hate each other because they're brothers. The fear cats are there for whatever reason. Look at these ninjas. Which, Meritrix actually just getting murked, like, interested us, yeah. actually. Yeah. Like, and I think it's just part of the problem of, like, because the whole season is revolving around, the, you know, the Corona Aurora and the hunt for the jewels of the Corona Aurora. And so all of these villains are hunting for the Corona Aurora for their own separate reasons. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, but why? Like, yeah. if we had, like, a core set of villains, like, maybe, like, Florius and his brother, and, like, maybe we had, like, Camdor working for them, it was a little bit more streamlined, but then Camdor turns on them because that always happens in a Power Ranger season. Yeah, Camdor, and then maybe, the, you know... One of them, because of that, like, one of them hires the fear cats. Yeah, or, or something. Just, yeah, because they have the fear cats only be there for a couple of episodes anyway. Um, But yeah, it's just like, it just felt so unorganized. Yeah. And like, especially like in the, there have been seasons where, yeah, the villain was kind of unorganized. But like, you know, you're able to make up for it with either like, you know, a good central ranger storyline. Or like, the villain was so campy. That it kind of made up for the fact that the villain was just kind of stupid. Like, yeah. with, um, you know, with, like, Diva Talks or, oh, God, why am I spacing on his name from Ninja Storm? Uh, Lothor. Lothor. Lothor was great. And, like, uh, Mara and Capri were great. Like, because they're just so campy. But there's, like, no camp in this season. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's it's just everything about the conflict just falls flat. 
Um, yeah, and it's just, I, I feel like part of it was, it's just that the, the, the jewel hunt went so fucking long. Yeah. Like, the entire series. I'm like, I feel like you could have condensed this down and then maybe made it, like, you know, hunting for something else or, you know, conflict with the villains for, like, the last ten episodes. I don't know, but, like, I just, I, I didn't get quite why there needed to be, like, six villains, six to nine villains this season that had all differing, like, differing uh, motivations. <laughs> Yeah. It's just it, uh, we can yeah. yeah. As I was saying, like, definitely like pick this up like more talking about the Sentai episode too, which we can get to in a little bit. Yeah. And then kind of our other odds and one we have two other kind of odds and ends characters is that we have Tizon's girlfriend slash fiance Vela, who we think is dead, but she didn't actually die. Um, poor gal. Yeah. Uh it's it's just it's it's a lot like Doggy Kruger's thing from SPD about, like, thinking that his wife was dead for most of the series and then finding out she was alive. But then, like, you don't actually find out about Vela until towards the end of the series. Very weirdly, when I mentioned it, too, it was just like, hey, why can't you tell us about this third fear cat? My girlfriend's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so she doesn't, like, there's a whole plot line where, like, one of the fear cats hypnotizes, ties on to make him think that, like, you know, oh, his time as a ranger's just been a dream, and, you know, his girlfriend's still alive, and all of that, and, like, it, like, that was kind of interesting, um, but, yeah, other than that, I was just like, okay, so what's the point here if we don't find out Vela's existence for, like, most of the series? Yeah. I mean, just, I guess, to give, like, ties, they, it's like, oh, shit, we forgot to give ties on some character development, we need to throw that in at the last minute. <laughs> And I think, like, they mentioned earlier, like, he was in a cave-in or something. Yeah. But, like, you know, that was that was all you needed for his tragic story. And then, yeah, like, and, like, they've hinted at there was something happening at the cave-in that he just doesn't talk about. But, like, it's like, you could probably mention it, like, maybe, like, six episodes earlier. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we had the Sentinel Knight played by Chip. Yeah. Uh... He was just there. Yeah. Um, Sentinel Knights, like, sometimes he just comes in and, like, gives a little bit of exposition. And then, like, uh, then sometimes he comes in as an additional force once he's, like, more uh, manifested, I guess. It's probably explained well, but we kind of didn't pay attention, too. Because it was just kind of like, huh, this is sure a show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's really it for kind of our uh characters so kind of move on to odds and ends yeah uh it was something you know you kind of really touched on with the villains about the sentai adaptation because mm -hmm. it's like you know you could have done this sooner you could have you know wrapped up the corona war uh, like finding and all that and it just I, I just remember mentioning like we've had seasons before where you know they went off of what the sentai kind of does like lost galaxy right you know, and even though it was messy, there was still some of a cohesion with Lost Galaxy. Right. Um, and even if you do something, like, familiar to it, you could still put a new spin, um, like, in everything. Or Dino Thunder was very different from Abba Ranger. That's another one, I think, a more solid example. Right. And it's just like, this was just like, do you want to follow the Sentai or not? Like, are you actually doing anything with the Sentai source material? Uh, 
whether it's putting a new spin on something or kind of adapting it for American audiences. And it's like both of those just fell flat, I think, Operation Overdrive. Yeah, because I asked you kind of what the Sentai was about, at, like, early on we were watching it, and I was just like, huh, okay. Yeah, like, I haven't seen Bokane, Drew, but I know it's about treasure hunting. Okay. So that's where they got the idea for the Corona War and all that. And it's just like, it explains like a lot with the too many cooks situation with the villains to not really knowing what to do with the, with the Rangers. It's just kind of like, what do you want to do with, what do you want to do with the Bokanger? What do you want to do to adapt it into operational drive? Right. So this season, similar to uh, Dino Thunder, is that there is, like, they do give um, the Rangers kind of civilian powers, like civilian mutant powers. It's been a thing since, um, civilian powers just feels like it's been a thing since Disney got this. Yeah, because, like, they try to add, like, an extra layer of, like, oh, um, you know, besides being Power Rangers, you also have, like you know, a sonic scream that you can use, or super speed, or super strength. Yeah. And they do introduce this in, like, the first couple of episodes, where, like, the rain, like the rangers are given extra superpowers, like, uh, Will can hear super, like, can he, he can hear things from, like, a super distance, and Ronnie can run fast, super fast, and, like, um, Mac Rose is, can- Mac's DNA is programmed to be super strong. Um, um, I remember Rose was invisible. She had invisibility that's almost never used again. Dax can jump real high. That was Dax's. Yeah, it's just, I, I, that might explain why he just eats himself off of things constantly. <laughs> It's like, I could jump real high. It's like, huh, I wonder if my powers will protect me from doing this. But, yeah, it just feels like this season out of, like, it feels like they were going to come up with, like, metaphors and stuff. Like, I see a touch later with Rose being very insular and her having invincibility. But it's just kind of like, no, nothing happens with it. They don't even, like, at the very end, like, Ronnie uses her super speed and then says, what's good with super speed if you're not going to use it? I'm like, what? It's like, okay, so, like, it's like, it's one of those things where they just forgot to use them? I don't know. Yeah, this out of all of the the ones we've been through so far, this one definitely had, let's introduce the civilian powers and never see them again. Yeah, it was just, just one of the things about the season where it just felt very poorly utilized. Yeah, because, well, you know, b- previous before this, uh, you know, we had, you know, ni- the ninja powers and um, Mystic Force kind of had, like, you know, Ninja Storm and Mr. Force had kind of magic powers that would use off and on in the series. Um, even though, like, Mystic Force kind of dropped the elemental stuff. Or, uh, SPD had, like, powers. Um, they were all basically mutated humans. But, you know, it, it just certain powers got used more. Uh, Dino Thunder, you know, had, you know, the gems gave you certain powers. And this one, it's like, yeah, you know, I gave you powers with this. Let's never touch on it again. Yeah. Um, so it makes me wonder if, like, that may have been an edict from Disney. Um, which, it's like, I don't think I'm gonna come across. I'm in the middle of reading Disney War, um, by James Stewart right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so far, like, Fox Family's only been mentioned once. I haven't gotten to anything regarding Saban or Power Rangers or the ABC Family buyout. Or, sorry, rather, the Fox Family buyout at that point. Um... But yeah, I don't think I'm going to get much in terms of like, I'm probably going to get a lot of information about how the the buyout happened. I'm probably not going to get much in terms of like, what kind of weird stuff that Disney kind of was like, you have to do this. I uh, think we got to dig into that. Yeah. Something, uh, something to think about before the end of the year. Uh, I'm just thinking like, you fucked me on Streets of Fire! <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, so there's a whole bit where, like, he's been... Oh, there's a whole bit in that book where Michael Eisner had a whole falling out with Lawrence Gold. And it was over Streets of Fire, of all things. <laughs> Streets of Fire is a great movie. But, like, yeah, it just feels fantastic. like such a weird thing to be that petty about. Um, our, our Disney overview should be Big Gay Overview, You Fucked Me on Fox Family. Oh, man. I I will finish the book before we do our next overview. Like, I'm, I will. Uh, it's, just, it's a giant-ass book. But, yeah, I'm just gonna... Yeah, oh, God, Michael Eisner, you are a crazy person. Um... <laughs> Anyway, that aside aside, um, so kind of moving on to our next bit is we wanted to make the joke about the two android genders. <laughs> Honey and Data. <laughs> so, like, I think this just tells a lot about me and Sid as separate people. It's about, like, when Mac is revealed to be a, uh, an android, we had two very separate associations for what that implies. Mine, of course, was Cutie Honey. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Star Trek TNG. Yeah, so, like... I was like, oh, you know, Andrew made himself an action robot. <laughs> and I'm like, Andrew made himself a son. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess yours is closer, but like, I just, the fact that like Mac eventually gains ranger powers just kind of makes it a little bit more cutie honey. It's a mix of both, honestly. Like, if you have a Venn diagram of honey and data, you'd have Mac in the middle. I yeah. Think. Oh, God. The weirdest fan fiction. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because it's just like, because the whole thing about Cutie Honey is that, like, depending on the adaptation, because there are several adaptations and they all have differing ways in which they say honey was created. Um, you know, someone says that you know, Dr. Kisaragi wanted to have a daughter, and so he also needed to protect his, you know, airborne changing advice, changing device, um, so, like, he created Honey. There's, you know, other adaptations that are like, oh, he accidentally killed his daughter, so, like, he created himself a robot daughter because of it. Cutie Honey the Live, um, sort of re-Cutie Honey in uh, Anno's adaptation, but that one is more of like, oh, Honey is, like, was a real person who was injured in a car accident. So, like, Dr. Kisaragi made her a cyborg with the help of nanobots? It's it's, it's real weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, it kind of uh, still eventually comes back down to Dr. Kisaragi wanted a daughter who was also a superhero. <laughs> Yeah, whereas, like, Dr. Sun just really wanted to make androids. He was really obsessed with it. I think he made himself into an android, if I can remember correctly. There's a lot of weird shit that goes on with him. Oh, my and, God. And Data's family, but he was just obsessed with androids. Right. Also, like, obsessed with having an android maybe like him because, like, he's also played by Brent Spinner. Mm, okay. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. And then, of course, my I I got the uh, Mac is a goddamn robot from Alien. <laughs> what was uh, a Bishop? No, Ash. Ash. Oh. Bishop's the second robot you see in Aliens who doesn't have the like. He's modified to not hurt humans. Where Ash it, like can override the programming for Wayland Utani if they need to like kill a crew to like. That's it, that's it. Yeah, sorry, I haven't seen Alien in, like, ten years, so... Yeah, so it's like when when he's 
killing Ripley and they they hit him in the head with the extinguisher all of a sudden like you know it's obvious he's a robot and one of them shouts Ash is a goddamn robot <laughs> oh god that would be a fucked up Power Ranger season of <laughs> Power Ranger <laughs> but alien oh my god we did get kind of that episode in In Space not gonna lie but like wait, wait. Yeah, like, oh my god, like, it's Waylon Yutani Power Rangers. <laughs> oh no, it'd be so fucked up. <laughs> what if Waylon Yutani had a Power Ranger set, and, like, they just sent him off to get random bioweapons? Oh, oh no, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess... I kind of move on there to the Battleizer this season, which looks yeah. pretty good. Because okay, so the Battleizer this season, uh, I guess, kind of similar to last season, where like uh, where Nick would like form with uh, for Fireheart to make the Battleizer. Uh, so this season, it's Mac joins up with Sentinel Knight to make the Battleizer, and it looks pretty good, minus the weird talking CGI chest. Yeah, they just decided to like, no, let's let's keep Sentinel Knight talking with the chest. I'm like, no. No, please not. I'm I'm fine with that. Like we didn't make like we didn't bring up Fireheart's like CGI head last season. We don't need to do that. I do love how that was the reveal to the Rangers though, because Rose was like, I I you know, no human could withstand this. Why did you? It's like dun dun dun. Dun. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it looked really... The Battleizers have just been looking good ever since Disney took over. And I'm I'm just kind of wondering, because they've been looking a little better since Wild Force, if it's just kind of like they just gotten better at making Battleizers instead of doing whatever the fuck they want, like when they started. Yeah, Ugh. probably. Though this one definitely looked like it belonged in Wild Force for whatever reason. You mean um, Operation Overdrive? Yeah, no, the, the Operation Overdrive one didn't look like it. Remember I mentioned that. Oh, yeah, you're like right it. that it does look like it would be in Wild Force. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it now just, I remember. It just, it just has Wild Force vibes, and I'm like, that's weird. Huh, yeah, you're right. Um, The Once a Ranger crossover was um was very interesting. Yeah, I would uh, say it's one of, one, it's one of the better episode, head of episodes this season. Oh, yeah, and you can watch this kind of separate, I feel. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the better episodes. I wish they, like, maybe spent a little bit more time with the returning rangers more. Yeah, because, like, it seems like the episode is more about the- So, the the conceit of the episode is that the Operation Overdrive rangers get disconnected from the morphing grid. Yeah. Or morphin grid, whatever. Um, so they get disconnected from the grid and lose their ranger powers. Uh, Thanks to- Thanks to Rita and Zed's son. Yeah. Rex? Rex? What, what, what the fuck was his name? Uh, we can put in the show notes later. Yeah, I'm not looking it up right now. He's ugly. Yeah, he's ugly. They, of course they made an ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, so they lose their powers thanks to Rita and Zed's son. Um, so Sentinel Knight goes and finds... The goes and finds a bunch of other rangers from mostly Disney seasons, but also Adam. Yeah. And then so the rangers, the so the Operation Overdrive rangers for the rest of the like the episode set have like an existential crisis about the fact, well, we're not rangers anymore, so why are we even here? Um. So it just kind of drives. It's it's kind of trying to drive home that message that's kind of carried over through Power Rangers for a while of once a ranger, always a ranger. Yeah. 
And that even if you lose your powers, if you were a Power Ranger at any point, you are still a Power Ranger at the end of the day. And whenever another Ranger needs help and they call on you, you go to them. I know this was not the reason why they chose Adam. I think it was just because Johnny on Blast was available. They didn't want to reuse Jason David Frank again, mm-hmm. all that. I think they just reached out to a lot of people, if I can remember correctly, and Johnny went, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Okay, yeah, which makes sense. And I'm, I appreciate the fact it was Adam. Yeah, and I, I feel like that, that calls back to, again, the once a ranger thing that you saw in uh, in space when you see him come back there. Right. Or when they call back on Justin in that season, too. If just, yeah. like, you know, if if the Rangers need help, no matter who they are, if you don't know them, if they need help from past Rangers, you help them. Yeah. Because we have that shared connection of, we we are Power Rangers, we understand, we are always there for each other. Yeah. Which is, I love that message about Power Rangers, honestly. Um, And I'm, I'm very excited when we get into um, Shattered Grid, kind of getting to see more of that as well. But, like... You know, that's kind of always the big part of the crossovers is that, you know, it's the past team of Rangers always coming out to help. And so I I did like the kind of the mix of Rangers that they had this, like, in this episode of, like, you had Adam, you had Xander, you had Kira, and you had Tori. Yeah. Um, Which was, I just, like, like, that was such an interesting mix of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, so they, they did try to, like, gender balance it, but also, like, you know, you have, like, I mean, one, it's most of the best Rangers and Xander. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And Xander still tries to plan Xander, too. It's like, oh, my God, plan Xander never works. Why are you trying it? (laughs) Hello, I'm Xander. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Um, They actually go to Angel Grove in in the episode because they ended up uh, reviving Alpha 6 to try to reconnect the Operation Overdrive Rangers to the grid. Yeah. Um, which, like, what did they do to Alpha 6's voice? Like... Yeah, it's like, it's not like you were trying to fix Alpha 6 from from Turbo. Yeah, no, last time we saw Alpha 6 was in space when he was voiced by, um... Wendy Lee? Yeah, Wendy Lee! <laughs> it's like, but it's like, Wendy Lee was so great, but they like, probably didn't want to pay for her, I don't know. I don't know, she might be Union or something, and they're like, nope. Nope. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah... And it's a, it's a very interesting kind of episode set, and it was probably one of the better ones of the season. And I love the like the remixes they would do of like the themes. Oh yeah, it was just like oh man, just remembering how much the Dino Thunder theme fucking rips. Yeah, that that theme rips. It's great. Uh, and then like I love the bit and later in the episode where like Adam's talking to Kira, <laughs> and he's like, "Tommy's what? He did what? He oh. never kept up with me." Oh, yeah, I totally fucking forgot. Bridge is in this, too. Oh, yeah, Bridge. <laughs> and then you have, I love how, like, Kurt, when he saw this, it's like, oh, did they finally kick Sky out? It's like, no, it's I like, think Bridge explains it of, like, he's. Yeah, no, I just remember Kurt, like, thought that and just completely forgot. It's like, no, he got promoted. Yeah. He got promoted because Kruger took over all of SPD, so therefore Sky got promoted into Kruger's position, and therefore Bridge got promoted to being the Red Ranger. Yeah, which... I'm like, I, I'm I, fine I, with Bridge being here because I love Bridge. If it was yeah, Sky, I would have just been like, fuck this. <laughs> it was like, screw this shit. Fuck Sky. I, I, I just wonder if they initially thought about bringing in Sky, but then just decided, oh no, like... 
maybe like the the actor who plays him turned him down so like they just brought in bridge and like listen we already have the the red like uh spd ranger uniform here so we're just gonna come up with a whole backstory (laughs) i may have that may have happened i don't really recall i know i think it was uh matt austin's interview with no pink spandex he goes out with over with it okay um I'm also very sad. There was an interview with Johnny on Bosch that um, Linkara and uh, uh, anime reviewer Jacob did mm-hmm. um, where they got to talk with Johnny about, you know, like Linkara went over uh, things about Power Rangers where Jacob obviously touched on the anime basis on things. And it apparently like it, it got eaten by Blip and uh, Linkara never backed it up. Like oh, I, no. we looked for it and... It, like there's just this this mention of just like yeah I never backed this up so it's lost in time no so sad uh, so sad uh but um I know like Adam mentioned about how not not Adam, Johnny was mentioned how he was contacted for it he also mentioned he's like I don't think Adam would have a karate studio he'd just be like Batman and he also talked about how he's just like is Adam gonna die <laughs> it's like it's, it's like what? I love that your interpretation is Adam would die for something. Right. Oh, man. Um, But yeah, I also just appreciate, I mean, I one, I could totally kind of see that with the way Johnny is, like, playing Adam as just a little, not totally grizzled, but, like, you know, older and, like. Yeah. Uh, And, like, they make the joke during the fight scene about, like, you know, it, it's it's old school, but it gets the job done. Yeah, because he has no civilian powers, so he just beats them up. Yeah. And I think that was that uh, also a joke about the fact that he was doing his own stunts in that scene. Yeah, I noticed that he was, um, it, it, it appeared to that Johnny was doing his own stunts for the scene like they used to do back in the day. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, but fighting a stunt team, yeah. that sounds dumb. It's like, oh no, we had to spend money on that. <laughs> Oh, uh, I did also appreciate the, that they brought back the whole buttery toast thing. <laughs> oh, yes. The butteriest son. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Bridge was... I loved seeing Bridge again. And yeah, how he described it is like, my boss... Like, the boss of my boss... My, my boss, who's a dog's boss, was a bird. And he had... He wanted to go retire, so... Yeah, it's like, he wanted to go retire and go to, like, a tropical island. So then my boss, again, who's a dog, got promoted to all of SPD. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, our Red Ranger Sky was promoted, and then I was promoted to Red. And it, he also explained how he wasn't even born yet. Yeah, because he was called from the future. It was, like, the, like, that time when SPD, like, crossed over with Dino Thunder twice, and, yeah. yeah. Um, because, yeah. It just, or he was, like, five or something. He's like, I'm, like, a baby right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like... You know, it just reminded me of, like, that's, like, this is why I headcanon Bridge as, like, neurodivergent. He's either autistic or ADHD, maybe both. Because, like, yeah. the way he's telling the story there. <laughs> just going off on random tangents has to fill in every detail. Like, I'm like, uh, I relate to this. Yeah, same, 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 same. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then there was also, like... A weird mention of Briarwood earlier in the season where, like, Andrew talks about going to Briarwood and buying something from Toby at the Rockporium. Yeah, they didn't even mention Toby by name. It was like, oh, just some weird guy who runs a record store or something. Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I just found that one very interesting. Of Like, it, it felt a little bit like the whole piggy, like, thing from last season. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. But it, it was de- it was definitely a good callback. There's something about the current season, I uh, current batch of seasons. I think they'll they'll actually call to their continuity a little better. Yeah. Instead of like just being just, like, it's all one continuity. Shut up. Shut up. It's all one continuity. Just trust us, okay? <laughs> and yeah, uh, we kind of did go over the, the whole socks thing of luck is stored in the socks. But there is, uh, I think one of the better later episodes was the one where Matt got hit by the bad luck spell or something. And he thought he had bad luck, so they all gave him good luck charms. Oh, God. I, I love that episode. It was so funny. Oh, because of uh, what? It was that, like, it was Tyson had the lucky plant. Yeah. Um. I th- who had the lucky scarf? Oh shit! Because it was like a lucky it- scarf, a lucky sombrero, the the lucky socks. I think the lucky scarf was Will. Right. The lucky shirt was Dax. Uh, the lucky sombrero I think was Rose. Yeah. But yeah, and- it was just it was it's all ridiculous. It was like I feel like it was one of those things of like, okay, how do we match the Sentai footage in this? Because this is really weird. Yeah, because it's like. He fights like that in the Sentai version, so they're like, how do we match this? Let's just make this this lucky episode. <laughs> um, and then, so, this season was interesting because, like, the main place they're located is San Angeles. Which, I just love the name of this. I, I know it's not um, the only time that San Angeles has been used as a name in fiction. Like, I think it was also in um, Demolition Man. Oh, God, if that was a reference to Demolition Man. I don't know if it's necessarily a reference to Demolition Man, because, like, San Angeles is a fairly common-esque concept, and, like... Yeah. But, like, I think it did come up in Demolition Man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it was just, like, San Angeles. Because, like, before he had, like, Angel Grove, uh, Turtle Cove, like, all this, and it was like, no, San Angeles. Yeah, but then they spent a lot of the season traveling... So, like, the only time you'd really be in San Angeles was at the mansion. Which, forever, um, I thought that it was located in Florida. Okay. Well, there is a bit where they ha- said they yeah. had to go to the Florida Everglades. <laughs> and this is clearly the New Zealand mountains. <laughs> and they just put up some grass. It's like, there's not that enough swamp friend. or gators around for this to be f- convincingly Florida. What are you doing? Where's the gun Effie variant? <laughs> yeah, where's gun Effie? <laughs> There's no gun Effie, no gators. Yeah, it's like, it's not brown enough. It's too green. <laughs> it's too green. It's too mountainous, too. Yeah. And that's like the one of the funniest things about this season is that they just clearly will just put up all of these costume props or like whatever to try to make it look like another place. The other funny one was fucking Grease. Yes! <laughs> Where they just put like col- broken columns everywhere. <laughs> it's like, oh god, okay. It's just, oh my god, it made me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The only good time they did, I think, when they were supposed to be in like uh, Istanbul, where they actually made like it might have been a set where they were, you know, it looked like a, a bazaar they were in. Yeah, and there was like a couple of times they went out to the desert and like, um, you know, would go, you know, uh, uh, for that. But yeah, then there was yeah, like the- one time where they were supposed to be in the Caribbean. It's like, it's the same fucking beach you always shoot on. It's clearly New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, this is just New Zealand. That water's too gray to be the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Caribbean has really bright blue water. Yeah, and like... Like... The the foliage is different, too. So, like... <laughs> yeah, it's like all different foliage. Like, this is not the Caribbean. <laughs> they tried. They, they really uh, did. <laughs> Uh, one thing, uh, 
I, I remembered when you brought up the whole thing about Rose dressing up, or not, uh, Spencer dressing up as Rose to be, um, to trick Loki. Yeah. And it, all I was thinking of it was like, boy, that was sure a weird episode about Thor and Loki and Freya. Yeah, because it's like, there's this whole, okay, so there's this whole episode where the, to get one of the Corona Aurora jewels, they had to find, they end up finding Mjolnir. And then, like, that brings in Thor, and Thor's being a little weird, but then it turns out it's not really Thor, it's Loki. <laughs> and Loki even looks more busted. Don't, I feel like th- that's an accurate male Loki. Is Loki kind male- of busted? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like male Loki sometimes just wants to look busted. Yeah. I mean, or we all know worse. best Loki is Alligator Loki. <laughs> yes. Alligator Loki's best Loki. <laughs> <laughs> But, and, and all I can think of is just, like, you know, at least they didn't show the horse myth. Mm, yeah. There's, I think it comes from, like, uh, Carpool Karaoke, that meme, because it was, like, Elton John's episode. It was just, like, white supremacists on uh, Norse myth, actual Norse myths. Right. It's like, like, no, they're very, Norse, like, the pantheon of the Norse is just very, like, colorful and wonderful and all that and they kind of touched it but definitely for kids here yeah um especially the whole bit where like they had like tricking loki into like giving them what they wanted why by disguising somebody as freya is very norse yeah it's very norse um so yeah and then like i know the last bit we want to touch on is the theme song to this season it's weird Mm. it's very clear it's very clear that it's like, okay, it's mid-2000s, let's tap into doing... Yeah, and it's not it's not good rap, it is, uh... It was very phoned in. It yeah. was like, I get how much? Okay, I'm phoning this in. Yeah, it is, um... What is it, like, uh... Educational fl- rap flow. Um, yeah. As Brian David Gilbert would describe it. Yeah. And, like, the, the beat itself is not bad, like, I get, like, the, uh... The kind of the beginning part stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah. Our power rangers operation overdrive. Like I got, I get that part stuck in my head, but then you get to the actual rap, and you're just like, oh no, this is not. Yeah, this was very just phoned in. It's like five rangers reaching for the sky for five, uh, in five ways, and then like there's like this thing about uh, searching on the sun for five days. Yeah, I was like, what? What is happening here? Because at least like. (laughs) The one last season kind of fit the whole, like, you know, the vibe. Even though it's like, okay, I wouldn't have, like, picked a rap song for a season that was about, you know, mystic forest creatures. But, like... It it, it gets catchy. And, you know, it's not not the best, I think, of the Power Ranger themes. But it's catchy enough. Yeah. And this season was just like, what the fuck is... It was just like... Yeah, I mean... We're phoning it in. Yeah, I know we didn't like the... Yeah, I know we didn't like the SPD theme. But, like, this one was just... This one so far was just the worst of, like... (laughs) It, It was very much, like, you could... This person was like, I'm getting how much. I'm folding it in. Yeah. I'm, I think it was written also under a pseudonym. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I don't want to be associated with this. I farted this out in a day. Yeah, legit. All right, so. Ella, that kind of covers everything we wanted to talk about. So I guess our final verdict is... Uh, I don't think this is one of the worst seasons. And d- despite... Everything you're hearing right now. I actually don't think it's one of the worst. I get why people like it and all that. 
But, uh, yeah, so far, pretty much the worst ones we have seen so far in this podcast have been season one of Power Rangers and Turbo. But there was a whole lot of nothing that happened. Uh, there was good ideas, there was good start to characters, it was a really interesting story for kids, but then it just kind of flopped into an uninteresting mess. Uh, too many villains became too many cooks, and, uh, the plot and the characters, it just, it just went nowhere. Uh, well, I don't think it's, like, offensively bad the way some people, like, really see it. Like, this was the most offensively bad Power Rangers. I was in pain watching it. It still was really bland and it lacked direction. Yeah, I think this is the weakest of the Disney seasons so far. It's not bad per se, but it definitely felt like it fell short of a lot of potential that was there in the early episodes. The episode plots were kind of repetitive, and the breadcrumbs to the Mac reveal didn't feel particularly bold enough. I agree with Sid that I don't think it's the worst ever, but it could have been so much better. Alright, that concludes our podcast for the month. We'd like to thank Kate Dix for our theme song. Again, you can find her on Twitter at The Goblin Mother. Also, her website, katenix.com, where you can find links to her band camp merch and also her streaming platforms um as of publishing this podcast new episodes of the lullaby lounge variety hour are live tuesday nights at 8 p.m eastern with replays uh thursdays at 4 p.m eastern standard yeah she's also going to be putting uh, them on her youtube this season after um yeah after thursday so you can also find them there yeah, or you can check out her Patreon Closet Champion and get them before they are released on YouTube. We also would like to thank Joe Hunter for the art. Uh, you can find him uh, at uh, Threadless at joehunter.threadless. His Instagram uh, is joebloodyhunter. His Twitter is and Patreon are joe underscore hunter. His comic Beastart Strikers, uh, which he uh, co- co-creates with Lane Pitts, is actually uh, going to be at the backup issues of upcoming issues of Radiant Black. They just announced that. I think starting with issue uh, 11. Starting with issue 11. So, you know, go check that out along with Radiant Black, um, which he did a backup for issue number four for. As well, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So go check him out, uh, you know, on Comixology or again, check him out on the uh, backup for Radiant Black. Yeah. Or your uh, local yeah. comic book store. Like, or you, yeah. 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 Kurt Yoder, we'd like to thank for the editing. He's uh, Great SG Creations on Etsy and Great SG Pixels on Twitter. Our wrestler of the podcast, we just decided it was the Young Bucks. Because we don't really care that much for them either. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, the Young Bucks, they're a lot of sizzle. Yeah, uh, like, you you just go Google the Young Bucks. You can find them easily. Yeah, you, you can find them. They are they're they run AEW. They're one of the people behind that. Yeah, they're not going to be, the, like, oh, they hear that they we don't like them. They'll go cry into their pile of money. I don't think they even care. They don't give a <laughs> shit. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They're like, oh, those people are rich. They're not to Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cody would find out about us and cry. The Young Bucks are like, who? Yeah. <laughs> What's a Power Ranger? Yeah, what? what's a Power Rangers? No, that would be Vince. That would be... Vince uh, McMahon would be like, what's a Power Rangers? What's a Power Rangers? Um, anyway, um, so as for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at MissKittyF. Um, I should have link trees available on both. Actually, I think my Instagram right now is just linking to my shop. But, like, uh, I have a link tree on my uh, Twitter account that brings you to all the places you can find me. So that includes my main shop on Square, which is ashley.selectable.square.site. Has my Itch.io, has my Gumroad. And even if you can't find it that way, you can always just DM me. I'll point you to where you need to go to find my shit. And, yeah, that's me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Velociriker. 
I have a link tree on my own Twitter account as well that can t- link you to this podcast. Uh, and also my store where I do soaps and candles, which is Kodos Magical Crafts. Uh, you can uh, find that on Etsy uh, at Kodos Crafts. And again, you can find us on Ranger Splain on Twitter, on Instagram at Ranger Splain, Patreon too. Two bucks a month, you'll um, you'll get an early release episode. We also have a sticker of the month club for a few select. If you choose like fifteen dollars a month, and then we also have all our show notes at WordPress um, at rangersplane.wordpress.com. Rate us on anywhere that allows you to rate podcasts. Give us five stars if you really like us. Yeah, and we are on a ton of new podcast networks now because I put in all that month work last month. So uh, yeah. wherever you're listening to us, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, Tune in wherever it's a, it's also audible, audible, audible. You can find us on audible. So yeah, it, that's also all on our, our WordPress page of all the pages you can find us. So yeah, anywhere you can rate and review us, please do. It helps our podcast immensely. Even if you cannot pay it, pay the Patreon, yeah, yeah. Pay, a, pay a Patreon. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for this month. Next month, here comes the power Rangers jungle fury. We'll be summoning the animal spirits from within. Please remember to stay safe, get fucking vaccinated, and may the power protect you. Go. Just play.